0: Hello, and welcome to Marriage and Money, a weekly podcast brought to you by a seemingly financially incompatible couple bonded by the legal contract of marriage. My name is David, your favorite saver, and I'm joined today by the smartest person I know, Heather.
1: Aw, that's me.
0: (laughs) On today's show, we are going to be talking about the top simple rules of personal finance. Is there such a thing? What are they?
1: I guess we'll find out today. That you will.
0: (laughs) All right. So it's a new week. Uh, What have you been up to?
1: Oh, my goodness. So we had the best experience recently. We went to the movie theater. I have not been this excited to go to a movie since I can't even remember. Maybe high school when I was dating boys. (laughs) I don't know. But I was so excited. I couldn't sleep the night before. We got we got there super early. They wouldn't even let us in. We were there that early. I was so excited. <laughs> I got popcorn. I got my soda. Like, I brought my jacket because it was yeah. really cold. It was, like, amazing. I really couldn't have even cared what we were there to watch. I know that that's horrible to say. David would hate to throw money away for that. But I was that excited about going to a movie theater. Yeah, now,
0: you were, you were really excited. And I... I mean, I like movies. I like going to movies, but I wasn't, I, I had no trouble sleeping the night before. It wasn't like uh, it was Christmas Eve and I couldn't wait to open my presents the it next morning. It felt like Christmas Eve. It's
1: a <laughs> great example.
0: Uh, but I was excited about the movie. We went to see Tenant, which I thought was awesome. Um, I really enjoyed it. Yeah.
1: But, I mean, we, like I said, I could have cared less, but we saw an amazing movie. Um, So that was an awesome
0: but, yeah, it's kind of interesting to see movie theaters open back up again. So, obviously, movie theaters have been closed for months, and um, I'm not sure, I don't think we've mentioned this yet, but we're currently on an expat assignment in Singapore. Um, and so theaters opened here, and it was quite a it was quite an adventure just to to get out and go meet with people.
1: Yeah, it felt like we were very safe. They only were allowing every couple seats, so you were very far away. We, they were only s- selling two seats together, so David and I were together. We had to wear our masks there, except we were eating our popcorns. It was very socially, you know. Safe, yeah, they went,
0: but the, the theater I think was sold out, but they only had um, like it was only capacity. probably maybe at a third capacity, maybe. Yeah, maybe, probably more like 25 percent.
1: But I'm telling you, I think that was a brilliant business decision because there is nothing showing. And people like me are desperate to get out and go to a movie. And so I think even though there was that third capacity, I really do think that was a brilliant movie for them to open and to get out there. Um, They made gobs of money. Um, They basically had a monopoly because there was nothing else to go to. So someone like me would just go just because it's what's showing. So I think it was a really smart business decision that they made.
0: Yeah, it it was a lot of fun to go and uh yeah, just something different other than sitting in the house watching TV. So
1: But on that same note, I think uh it also recently, you know, Disney released Mulan on their Disney Plus. You're hearing it here first, folks. Disney is no dummy. That's right. I know, shocking news, <laughs> but they are smart. I mean, I know it's a little different to release movies, you know, for home viewing, but that's what people are doing and they're craving for new content and they get all the profits by releasing it on their network. They get 100% of the profits, whereas normally when they release it in a theater, you know, they would only get, I don't know, 40%, maybe 50 So I feel like it was a really smart movie a business decision.
0: Right. I, I I agree. I feel like that is the right play. Um like Tenet only released for theaters only. Christopher Nolan's a pretty big deal about the the theater experience. He makes a big deal about that, but movies like Mulan or or Bill and Ted or a while back you had Trolls and these other movies that just did really well um with a digital release and uh because no one can go out. And so, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um Uh, Although, I don't know that renting those movies makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Paying $25 or $20 to rent a movie, a first-run movie like that, I I don't know. It seems a bit ridiculous to me. So,
1: David, do you think the movie theaters will come back? I mean, if you think about it... Movies have been this way for since a long time, right? There hasn't been a ton of innovation oh, yeah. in movies, right? I mean, they got the recliner sle- sheets, and now you can get some alcohol at some theaters, and there's some new sound technology. But, like, I mean, there really hasn't been a ton of innovation. Or I mean, maybe I'm wrong here, but it feels like, you know, I, I mean, even 3D, you can view that at home now. So, I mean... Is there really, I mean, it'll be interesting. Do you think that it'll, it'll revive and.
0: I think so. I innovate? think theaters are coming back. I I think it's going to come back so. if they can survive it because there is, a, there's something that you just can't replace about the theater experience uh, and going in and experiencing all of that. The, the, the big screen, the lights, the, the, the atmosphere, the, the seats, all of that. You can't replicate that at home unless you, unless you have a dedicated theater room and, and certainly people have that, but uh, it's a small minority. So anyway. yeah.
1: I, I, so for, for me, for the prails, we're saying release more. Yep.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. So let's move on to our topic of the week. Uh, so you found an interesting story around uh, a, an article called 60 Simple Rules of Personal Finance. Um, so the first thing that that kind of struck struck me is uh, it, how do you have sixty rules? Is it really the, this simple? I, if If it's simple, it can't be sixty. and if and it it seems like an oxymoron, right? H- how many of these rules are truly truly simple? would Would you walk me through a couple of these rules and <laughs> yeah. give give everybody a feel of of what these simple rules for smart personal finance are all about?
1: So let's just start start with, as you said, the oxymoron. I mean, I think what caught my eye on this article was that seems hilarious to me. Because how can 60 of anything be simple? I mean, I have a hard enough time remembering three things, maybe five. But like, and 60 of anything, I mean, how is that simple? Um, now, I will say when I kind of read the background of this article, he was giving a speech and he thought he'd give like, one rule per minute. Um, and so that's how the 60 items came and they are pretty simple individually, but when you compound them and put them all together, it's like, oh my goodness, like, where do I start? What do I do? There's so much in there. Right. Um, and I am all about simplicity. I, in my career, at work, my life, like I want things to be as simple and as dumbed down as possible. I do not have time for complexity. So, um,
0: yeah, so anyway, we're going to have these in the – we'll have a link to this in the show notes for you if you want to take a look at it. But just to give you a little background on on things they had in there, things like spend less than you earn, keep things as simple as possible, don't ever let the future self take care of your current situation, buy life insurance, use uh, – or ignore professional stock pickers, set big goals. And so I, I don't necessarily fully agree with, with all of these Items um and all that. But but the thing is is that the the point is that I'm trying to make is that they run the gamut of all the life and they get either super detailed or super high level. Um and so I thought that was just kind of interesting to show. But I thought there
1: was a lot of items in here, but I think a lot of these rules we could spend a whole hour on some of these topics. Like you said, like life insurance. It's like, wow, you know, that's a meaty topic. I mean, it tries to break it down to a simple idea. But um, you know, or building a budget. Okay, that in itself, right? Like I felt like these were all good ideas, but you know, and sometimes, right, it's about quantity. I think he was going after quantity versus like the quality of really getting into the details and going deep. Um, so this is just kind of like skimming the top over here's some, you know, top ideas or thoughts, right? Um, but I think I think what worries me about this is, you know, I think a lot of people feel overwhelmed about personal finances they're just like oh my gosh it's so hard balancing a checkbook not that anybody does that today except me but um and I think when you put out something like here's 60 rules to follow it just you know if you're one of those people that feel overwhelmed and stressed by finance, personal finances I feel like this article wouldn't be very like calming or like oh this will help me right and so I think you know, it's yeah. good. Like we should talk through a lot of it, but um, I, I can understand how that would make you feel even more overwhelmed. Well, right? and
0: I think what people are looking for and the reason an article like this exists it, is it, it's a little bit clickbaity because people are looking for what is, what is that fix? So I'm in financial trouble. So how do I turn my life around? What are some some steps I can do to turn my life around um, and to turn my finances around? And this gives them a place to start. Um, but uh, but I, I would argue that, it's not the right place to start. you should be starting rather than with a list of sixty rules or or even if they're all one hundred percent correct. don't start with a list of sixty rules start with start with some good themes to live by yeah start start with some guiding north stars and go from there and um, i'd I'd like to uh, I'd ultimately like to talk to you about what those north stars are, but I, I'd also be interested in because we're going to be linking out to this article and people are going to be looking at it, what, what are a couple of the things on there that, that you either agree or disagree with that are on this list?
1: Um, so there were a lot of themes, as you said. So there were things that you could group, right? There was talking about spending um, and spending in specific areas, right? Like spending on cars, spending on housing, Spending on food, um, investing, savings, paying off debt. So there were a lot of like topics, and there were some things that I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I totally agree." Um, and there were other things that I was like, "Wait, hold on, um, let me think." So while so,
0: well, while you're thinking, maybe I'll just uh, jump into this a little bit. So, um, yeah, certainly, you know, like you said, the saving is is great. That the one that I called out earlier around. Um, not using, um, don't, don't use professional stock pickers or ignore economic forecasts. Basically the, the message that I was getting from that was don't, don't necessarily listen to, to experts. And that's something that fundamentally I, I disagree with at a theme level. Like just like, um, I, I wouldn't consider myself very smart medically, I'm going to go to a doctor in order to um, understand why I have a pain in my chest, right? I I might have some theories, I might be able to Google some things and fi- I might even get it right once in a while, but but I need to go to a professional to really understand that. And um, and likewise, if I'm serious about doing investing, I think I need to consult with uh, with an investor, with with a professional investor in order to understand. Um, what I should be doing, someone that has my best interests in mind.
1: Yeah, I thought that was interesting, too, because when you saw that, like ignore professionals, it was like, huh, that seems counterintuitive. So I am 100% in agreement with you, because um, if it's something you're serious about and you're not an expert, you should go out, like you said. But I think you need to be really smart, right, about how you go out because just like doctors or just like a mechanic, right, you don't want to go to just anybody. And so I think when it comes to buying insurance or investing, right, you want to do your homework. You want to get referrals. You want to do the hard stuff, in my opinion, to, uh, to use those referrals. So it's not bad to use them. It's just do your homework to find people and find people that are going to be teachers, you know, that can teach you and walk alongside and help explain to you these issues that are complicated to you and that you you're going to use their expertise
0: for. Right. And you're not going to find that teacher likely right away. Um, Right. I know when we when we were looking for a financial advisor, um, I think we spent I don't know, we, we, we found one initially that did not work out. We stayed with him too long, didn't know what we were doing. And then, then we did, I don't know, four or five additional interviews when we were looking to move and um, found someone that that now we're incredibly happy with. But but again, it was very much that teacher mentality. And every time we sit down with him, he's trying to explain to us something new, a new concept. And um, I really value that, that he's, he's bringing us along on that ride. Um yeah. I, uh, so other, when? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to talk about other themes that I saw on the list that that I agreed with. There were several comments around saving over the long term. Think about retirement. Um, live frugally so that you can save, uh, say, spend oh, you like, below you liked that, huh? what, what you, you make. What was that? You, you liked
1: that, huh? Yeah,
0: <laughs> it turns out, <laughs> it turns out that those were the things that kind of resonated with your saver husband <laughs> over gravitated here.
1: gravitated to that, huh?
0: Yeah. And, and, and setting goals there, there was talk about dreaming big, dream big as a couple. Um. Operate There was operating against a plan, executing against a plan, things like identifying a grocery list or meal planning or frequent reviews of your finances. It kept coming back to planning. And these are all things that I agree with. Like, yes, you need to have a plan. Yes, you need to set goals that you're working towards as a couple. Um, and so these are all good things. There's a lot of good in there.
1: So I love, love, loved the comment on setting big goals. That is like my jam. Like I am a true believer in, you know, setting goals and that should be helping what's driving you. So I do think that has definitely been a driver for me and for us. And I think that's a huge key in this financial picture is setting those goals and putting a plan in place on how to execute. And them. what do those
0: big goals look like?
1: Well, I think it looks different for everybody, right? It could be getting out of debt. It could be buying a home. It could be uh, retiring at a certain age. It could be paying for your kids' college. It could be doing that vacation you wanted. I, I mean, I think it those can change and those can evolve. But for every person, it it's gonna look it's gonna look different. But go big. Like, what what do you want to do? Where do you want to be financially? and work towards it. Put a plan together.
0: Right. And I feel like this is a topic that we need to cover maybe in a, in a future episode around how do you, how do you set those goals? How do you work towards those goals? How do you plan for them? I think those would be great topics for us to get into, um, further on.
1: I, back on the other thing you were talking about, like the meal planning you mentioned. So I found that interesting because, um, what of them was, you know, do meal planning, and I and I thought that was a little interesting because it, that to me was more about a life than money. But I think it does work, right? Again, what David mentioned, it goes back to planning. If you have a plan in place and you're working towards that, it helps control things, right? So that was a little unique for me on connecting meal planning with saving money because honestly for me I feel like sometimes that's the opposite's true for me when I plan like fancy meals or I make big plans I feel like I end up spending some more money at the grocery store than when we just have basics on hand so that was a little interesting but I think the point that was being driven home was it's all about planning and when you have a plan you're going to spend less if you don't have a plan you're like oh man I didn't have a plan let's drive through the drive through or let's get takeout and all of a sudden you're spending a lot more on food than if you would have had a plan in place and could have been more, you know, cost conscious on it. So I think that was the point of it.
0: Exactly. Though. That's exactly right. Also
1: would like to point that um, there was also one on where you buy groceries. And a couple of years ago, after our review of our annual fin- finances, we had spent a lot more on groceries that year than historically. And it kind of came out that I had started going to a little bit of a nicer grocery store that I just it really made me happy and I enjoyed a going lot there. nicer
0: grocery store.
1: And <laughs> so they,
0: the kind of grocery store that bags your groceries for oh you at goodness, the checkout. And
1: anyway, David challenged me to stop the shopping apples. there for the year, and um, at the end of the following year, I think we saved close to thirty percent on our groceries year over year. So. That may sound drastic, but little things like that, tweaking that by looking for the the cost, you know, cost, the lowest cost option, really can have a big impact uh, on your on your budget and where your money is being spent. Now, one concept I'd like to get your opinion on, Dave, which goes to the next point, is I do, I'm not a fan of making multiple stops. One of the ideas in there was, oh, you should go to a low cost place and before you hit your normal place not a big fan of that because i really value my time and in here he did talk about how you should calculate your true hourly rate and see like how much you make per hour and understand that value as you think about where you're spending your time so i know david's a big fan of this because uh, i do think my time is worth a lot now i don't usually look at my true hourly rate what they recommend so i used to be in public accounting and i had a bill rate. And it was pretty high. I mean, that's not what obviously what I got paid or even the firm, but um, that's always what I go back to. And David always gets really grumpy at me. But well, I do yeah. think that uh, it, your time is worth something. And whether it's you calculate that hourly rate or whatever, there is always this balance of, do I want to waste time on this? Or how much is it saving me to stop at three grocery stores versus just going to the... So yeah. what
0: are your thoughts? Well, right I, I think I think the whole premise of C- comparing against your hourly working rate is I don't think it's valid. Um, sure, you could you could make that hourly rate if you were working. Um, and and this doesn't apply to salary people. So if you're salaried, you're you're not gonna be making any money if you're if you're not going to the grocery store. <laughs> so how how much is your how much is that hour worth if you're sitting at home doing nothing? well, it, it it's not worth any money. So, so then the question is, okay, if it's not actually worth dollars. Now, if you're working by the hour and you could be actually spending that time working, sure, then it's actually worth money. But what it's actually, what it's really worth, is the the pleasure you get out of sitting at home or doing whatever it is that you're doing when you're not um, at the grocery store. I, I think that's that's what the true value is. And so I'm also not one that likes to go to multiple stores. And so that's why I generally I'll pick the grocery store that has the most things at the average lowest price and call it good so that I can kind of balance out that time and cost aspect. Um, And if I can get 95 percent of my stuff at one store, that's the store I'm going to shop at.
1: So there was one rule on here. I'd love to get your thoughts on David. It was rule thirty-five. It was find hobbies without an upkeep cost. What What are your thoughts on that? Being a man of a of a hobby that.
0: Uh... <laughs> okay, well that I'm glad you brought that up because um, I think this year is actually the first, and we can we we have the records, we have the oh budget. Boy. This, this year my, might be the first year, fact, year guy. that we've spent money on the Delorean. In three years, at least two, a solid two years, we put nothing into it other than gas and oil. And that is pretty impressive. So granted, there was a time period up front where we were putting money into it. But, uh, <laughs> but that, the point is, is that a well-maintained vehicle, uh, unless you're doing a bunch of work on it, can, can stay well-maintained. Um,
1: no, I'm just teasing. It's a pretty good hobby. If you're gonna have a hobby, it's a pretty safe one. It,
0: it, it's a lot cheaper than I'd say it's cheaper than a lot of people's golf hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. Having not not spending money on hobbies or uh, yeah, finding areas to areas to cut. I would say if we were to call out uh, hobbies, you, you enjoy. It's not quite. I don't know. I know. Oh, I know a lot of people don't the call tables. it hopping. Turning but the tables, out. huh? What was that? You're turning
1: the tables on me, huh?
0: Well, if that's the <laughs> game we're playing here, <laughs> if that's the game we're playing. You're a big fan of eating out, and you like to eat out at fancy dinners. And
1: eating is a necessity.
0: Uh, eating's a necessity. <laughs> eating at five star restaurants <laughs> is a on necessity. The other hand. <laughs> So
1: Aww. he had a couple rules in here that I wasn't really familiar with. He he used one. He recommended the 10 second rule. So whenever you're tempted to splurge on something, um, even if it's cheap, just hold it in your hand for 10 seconds and ask yourself, do you really need this or not? Um, I thought that was an interesting concept. Uh, I never really thought about it. I, I'm familiar with the five second rule, right? If you drop something on the floor, <laughs> if you eat it or not, but I'm not sure if this would work for me. I think, um, I think I need more than ten seconds to not uh, want to still move forward with a splurge. I don't know what. It
0: is. Yeah, so for me, I can't. I saw the rule. I can't relate to it at all.
1: Well, that's true. Because, you don't really
0: splurge. Well, no, no. So I see something, <laughs> I want it, and my default is, I want it bad, but let's wait and see. Let's let it sit for a while. Let's, and so you let it simmer. I definitely let it simmer. I let it fester, I let it just kind of sit there and, and I think about anything, anything. It could, be, it could be a $10 purchase, it could be a $5 purchase and I'm not gonna just pick it off the shelf and go buy it. I am gonna see it once, I'll come, maybe the next time I'm back in the store, I'll think about it or the next time I see it on Amazon, I'll think about it again and I'll be like, okay. And then, and even then I won't just buy it, then I'll have a conversation with you about it and say, what are your thoughts on this? Should I actually do this? And you've seen that. You've seen me do that with, with. I mean, even just talk. Like I haven't even bought it yet. So uh, a battery pack. So I wanted a battery pack for for a, an electronic piece that we have here, a controller that we had here for for a console. I've wanted a, this battery pack, no joke, since since we got the Xbox, probably. I don't know how many years has it been? Three years, three, Please, three, four years verify. that we've had this Xbox, and I've wanted a battery pack. I have a, a USB cable going from my Xbox to my to my controller. I've wanted this battery pack the entire time I've had this, and it's a twenty to thirty dollar item. But it's like, well, do I, I want it? But do I really need it? I have a cable. Eh, I'm getting by with my USB cable. I already had these cables. So, but yeah, I don't get that. Like, I think about this and I think about, <laughs> well, is my option, do I really need to spend this $20? And I feel like you wouldn't even consider that, right? This no. wouldn't even be something you think about.
1: No, I'm not going to waste middle energy over that. It's $20. <laughs> and if I would have known that, I would have been just buy it.
0: <laughs> this has been now, years.
1: Now, I will tell you, I think there's a difference. There was also in here a 30 day rule, and this was for. Like large purchases, the recommendation was to wait. And that I resonate a lot more with. I mean, anytime you and I have had a large purchase, buying a car or even buying a piece of furniture. I mean, we have sat on things for like years to make a decision. Because I know we're going to have it forever. Not forever, but a long time. And so those decisions, I totally get taking time sitting on it thinking it through but when it comes to twenty dollars nope just going to take out the old debit card and and be done
0: (laughs) yeah and i understand i understand that i i know i'm being a little bit ridiculous thinking about the the worrying about the twenty dollars um and uh yeah and i i've bought other things and we we buy other things but yes it i understand that
1: all right so now that we've talked about these rules The question, we want you guys to continue the conversation at home with your significant other. Uh, If you could narrow it down to three simple rules, what would be the top rules that you would have to manage your personal finances?
0: David. I like that question. That's a good (laughs) question because this is exactly what I kind of led this conversation with, right? Is that I wish they had gone more the theme route. And and what those those. Top... So you're
1: gonna pack like twenty points into like one. That's
0: what I'm gonna try. Nice. I'm gonna try here. Okay. <laughs> you tell me how well I succeed. These are gonna be run in.
1: These are gonna be run on sentences. but oh. These aren't gonna be bullet points. Okay. Be paragraphs. Right? So
0: my three rules. Rule one: <laughs> Maintain a monthly budget, even if you're in a very good place. So I say this because. I feel like we thought we were in a pretty good place before we started a budget. The you, you and I, we we have a monthly budget going on, but before we started that, we didn't have a bunch of debt. We didn't. We we weren't drowning. We weren't wondering how to pay our next bill. But when we started doing that, like it changed our lives significantly. We found more money. We were able to go after our mortgage more aggressively. We were able to eat out more uh freely we were able to do all these things that i didn't think was going to be possible so th- that's rule number one and i think again we need like i said earlier we need we could use a a, a podcast uh, episode on each of these um number two pay off existing debt and don't take on new debt i, I again i truly think that that uh, debt is the one thing that holds most people back um and you don't realize you don't realize it until you're not paying those monthly payments, just how much money you you have when you're when you're not throwing hundreds or thousands of dollars a month in the direction of somebody else. It is truly life life changing, and that's how you that's really how you can build wealth quick. Um, and then finally, save and invest every month. So. I know I'm, it's very much on brand for me as the saver here, but if you can put something aside, any amount every month, um, you're going to thank yourself, stash it away. Don't pull it out. Just continue to throw money, building that up. Um, that is, that's going to, all these things are going to be tied to that budget, but this builds you, builds you up, builds up that foundation. Sets you up for the future, moves you closer to your your goals. All these things that I mentioned, they bring you closer to the goals we talked about. They relieve the the stress that that so many people and and I uh, felt before we we really started getting in and being more intentional with our finances. Um, it's really quite freeing to to have these three things in place, in my opinion.
1: So we did not plan this, but honestly, my three items were. Basically the same thing. Maybe I had them in a little different order. So we must be married, huh? Yeah, we must be married. We must be married. about a them.
0: lot of this stuff outside of this. <laughs> so
1: I basically had the same thing: one, get out of debt and never go back; two, have an emergency savings fund and savings for retirement; and three, uh, building on your budget idea, I said set goals and build your budget and personal finances around these goals. So I think, I think, yes, the budget is the tool. But I think you need to set those goals and have those visions so that you can then use that tool to execute on those. And then and then I did have a little asterisk. Um, I wouldn't call it a fourth rule because we were stuck to three. But an overarching theme, I said, um, was if you are married, you need to do this as a team. No one gets a pass. Uh, no, it is not one person. It is a joint family discussion. And so you need to communicate, communicate, and communicate to follow these rules.
0: Yeah. You're kind of cheating there a little bit with your fourth rule. Like I said, it wasn't
1: a rule. It was just (laughs) sort of an asterisk.
0: But I'll I'll give you that. It's a a good, well, I, I think it's critically important that both people need to be involved because if you have one person sabotaging intentionally or unintentionally then you're not working towards a common goal. The other thing I wanted to come back to on what you said um, specifically about the budget is that um, is that a budget is a budget only works if you have that vision that you're working towards. Like you need a purpose. So if you don't have a purpose for doing a budget, for saving money, for paying off debt, for doing any of this like there's no point in doing it you need to have you need to have that picture and with with your spouse with your your significant other about where you're going as a team and that is so empowering to say this is the journey that we're on together we're doing this together we're achieving this grand vision and that's what it's about it's about achieving this grand vision it's not about the monthly budget it's not about the numbers it's about the the life that we want to lead well, I, I think that about wraps it up here for today. Uh, thank you once again for being a part of this conversation. It was awesome talking with you, Heather. I, it's always a joy to shake up your brain a little bit and see what falls out. <laughs> Back at you. <ya. laughs> All right. And remember, whether you are a spender or a saver, that your best financial life lives somewhere in the middle.